You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Alter Echo podcast. This is Pastor Kim sitting here in my office on a bright and sunny but very chilly afternoon in March. It is the season of Lent in the church year, as you by now are well aware. Um, and in this time of reflecting and considering how God is calling us to be and some of the ways that God is putting um, to death what is not serving us and the world and inviting something new to rise to life, um, I hope this finds you well and um, just enjoying this contemplative season of, of Lent. This message today is for Sunday, March 13th of 2022, and the scripture message for our podcast and for our message today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. And if you're reading along in our book, uh, We Make the Road by Walking, this is chapter 28, and you'll notice that I have... Um, significantly shortened <laughs> this reading. So if you want to go back and read the longer portion of reading that Brian McLaren um, gives to us for this week, of, of course, feel free to do that and you'll get even bigger picture of, um, of what Jesus is up to here. But without further ado, let's read some scripture. Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 38. You have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also a second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your enemy and, you, or, let me try that again, <laughs> verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brother or sister, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the gospel of the Lord, and praise to you, O Christ. Oh, what a statement Jesus ends this passage with. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect, Jesus says. But gosh, if I'm really being honest, I cannot even make it. One day from the time I wake up in the morning, until the time I get out of the house without, oh, making mistakes, without 
forgetting about something or a bunch of things without saying the wrong thing or without getting impatient with my kids or thinking an unkind thought, I am well aware <laughs> that I am not perfect. Even only by the time I get out of the house in the morning. <sighs> Do you ever feel that way? That you get to the first stop in your day, whether it's work or dropping your kids off for school and you feel like, oh my gosh, it's only this time and it's been a long day already. If you have any identification with this, then maybe if you and you hear this verse too, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, you sort of have to sigh and say, that perfect only sounds like failure to me. We know, as people of Christian faith, that we are not perfect. And in fact, it is a rather important part of our belief as people of Christian faith that we cannot be perfect, that it is impossible to be perfect, because if we were, we would be sinless, ideal people, and we would have no need for Jesus. We cannot be perfect. And yet Jesus includes this in his Sermon on the Mount and in what we're hearing today. And when I read all the things Jesus says before this, all of his challenging, complicated directions um, to give, if someone wants to take your coat, to go the extra mile, to do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow, <laughs> to love your enemy, to pray for those who persecute you, I hear all these directives and I am convinced, <laughs> Jesus, that I am far from perfect. But maybe it would help if we hear it in a different way. We like our New Revised Standard Version translation of the Bible, but maybe it's helpful to sometimes hear it from an additional translation to hear another turn of phrase or another interpretation of these same words that honors the intention and the underlying big picture message for which this was written. So here that last verse, Matthew chapter five, verse 48, from a different translation of the Bible. Specifically, we're going to hear it from the message translation of the Bible as written by Eugene Peterson faithfully. He says, live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Let me say that again. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Does that help? Does that open your mind in a new way to hear this instead of perfect as live toward others the way God lives toward you? I mean, of course, that's still a really high bar <laughs> to be set and maybe an unattainable goal, even so. But maybe hearing this in a new way, to live toward others the way God lives toward us, 
helps us into this text and helps us into this challenging word from Jesus in a way that we can hear and in a way that we might actually be able to put into practice in our real lives. So live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Well, first we have to ask, how does God live toward us? How does God live toward us, friends, in Christ? Um, Another way to say that might be, how does God orient God's self toward us? How does God direct God's behavior toward us? Or what are the hallmarks of God's core values or virtues that God uses in living toward us? What do you think about that? How, what, um, what, what values does God apply <laughs> when God intentionally decides how to live with us, how to engage with us, how to discipline us, how to direct us, how to respond to us? Well, in the words of the many great psalmists, God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Those are some really um, beautiful and challenging virtues that God uses to direct all of God's behavior to us. But I think, friends, if we looked at the various stories in the Bible, and maybe even if we looked at all of them, we could say that God uses the lens or the framework of gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love as God's parameters for dealing with us, as God's guidelines for dealing with us, as God's big picture commitments to how God wants to live with us. And maybe that's the perfect part of God is that God can consistently apply those virtues and those values when God deals with us. Because the perfect part of God that we don't have is that God is not distracted or God does not compromise God's values (laughs) when God is irritated or frustrated or angry with us. Because when we are irritated or frustrated or angry, we are quick to compromise our values, aren't we? When we feel a sense of defense or that we have been harmed or slighted or denied in some way, we are quick, humans, mere mortals, to exchange our leading values (laughs) for the ways that we deal with others. And honestly, the ways we deal with our own self, too. Because when we are... hmm, When we are well, when we are calm or content, I think, perhaps this is thinking the best of us, mere mortals, we do okay (laughs) 
at letting our values lead and guide our actions. When we are calm, content, when we feel valued, when we have a sense that there's respect and mutuality in our relationships and in our interactions, I think we do okay at living into our values, or at least trying to. But when we sense that something has been wronged, when we have a, a, a sense that um, we are not being respected, when our enemies, <laughs> when we have to deal with them, we, we exchange our top values for other principles. So I wonder, and I invite you to wonder with me today, people of God, people with whom God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, could we, you and I, reorient ourselves to others applying God's way of living with us? Could we try to more consistently be gracious? Could we more consistently try to be merciful? Could we more consistently be generous? Could we apply God's ways to not only the ones we love, but also the ones who irritate us, who annoy us, who frustrate us, the ones who really challenge us um, to do the right thing because the easy thing would be more appealing. If we could apply God's ways, then maybe we could respond to evil with compassion instead of with more evil. If we could apply God's ways in our lives, then maybe we could turn the other cheek to someone who has physically or emotionally slapped us in the face. If we could apply God's ways, maybe we would not do just what we were asked, but maybe we would go the extra mile. Maybe we would give more than what was asked of us or expected of us, not just from someone we like, but maybe from someone who gets under our skin. If we could apply God's ways of living with one another, maybe we could be generous with anyone who begs from us or wants to borrow from us. Maybe we could love our enemies. And that's really hard, right? Because I know when you hear that phrase, love your enemies, you think of someone very specific. I know I do. Someone who really pushes my buttons and challenges me. And <laughs> my reaction to whom shows me that I am not as good of a person as I would aspire to be. Let's hear a little bit more of Eugene Peterson's message translation of our gospel reading today, because there's one more piece that I think will be helpful in reflecting on what it really means to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, and to aspire to live as God lives.
verses 43 through 47, according to the message, read as thus. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. But, Jesus says, I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer, for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. God gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone, regardless the good and bad, the nice and nasty. Here ends the reading. In the spirit of how Jesus phrases this, I'm going to add one little piece to this and say, you have heard it said, if you don't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. But the message translation reminded us that God gives God's best to all of us, regardless of our behavior, our demands upon God, God gives God's best to all of us, regardless of our worthiness or our sin, which frankly is pretty good news, because if it was based on merit and value, none of us would get God's best, but we do. Maybe we can't (laughs) give our best to others, even as God gives his best to us. Maybe not our best. But maybe applying God's way of living with us to how we live with others might start to bring out the best in us, to bring out the very best of who God created you to be. Consider, perhaps, dear child of God, if you lived toward others the way God lives toward you, gracious Merciful, slow to anger, patient beyond patient, abounding in steadfast love. Perhaps something might start to transform within you. Perhaps the walls that you have built up to defend yourself might no longer be needed and might start to crumble to make way for something new. Perhaps all of the scar tissue in your heart that has developed over injustice, unfairness, when you did not get what you felt like you deserved, maybe all of that would start to soften. Maybe we could cleanse our hearts of all the residual sin that has built up there all the hatred, all the fear. Maybe we could remove all of that damaged and broken stuff that clutters up our hearts and make more space for compassion and grace and abundance. This is the best in us that God has created. Dear friends, because our God is all of this and more with us, I believe that at your best, God created you 
to be gracious, merciful, generous, compassionate, open-hearted, patient with yourself and with others, and abounding in God's endless supply of steadfast love. So perhaps God is challenging us here to say hmm, that we should love our neighbor and our enemy and pray for those who persecute you, not because they deserve it, but simply because at your best, you are able to give that kind of grace and more. Because at your best, you are more like God than perhaps you could imagine. That only by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, you can live more in your best self that God created you to be. And maybe there is a transformation awaiting you and I, <laughs> redeemed sinners though we are, because God is challenging and inviting us to be more of the one God created us to be. So an invitation to make it a little more tangible. The next time you find yourself impatient or annoyed or irritated, frustrated, notice yourself and what's going on within you and make an intentional conscious choice about how you will respond. Challenge yourself to choose the difficult way of generosity and graciousness because God chooses that with you and with me. In this hope and in this promise, we live. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.